Hello, and thanks for stopping by this episode of From the Trenches, the Business Examiner podcast. Today's guest is Mike Kozakowski, the owner of Victoria's Citified Media. His new construction and development-focused website is the premier destination for the region's development community. Aside from the news platform, he also offers construction data and development consulting for organizations looking to build and develop in the capital region. We hope you enjoy our conversation. My name is Mike Kozakowski, and I run a company called Citified Media. We're based out of Victoria, and predominantly what we do from the front end is supply data and information on real estate developments in the capital region and southern Vancouver Island, as well as news regarding uh, business movements that relate in some way to real estate developments. So we're not purely a who's building what, where resource, but also some of the stories behind the, um, uh, the movers and shakers in the community and some of the underlying issues that make the Victoria real estate market and the business market tick. In, in terms of where things started and how they started, so I come from a background of building data and uh, large project information. My uh, previous life um, uh, changed into the citified life circa 2015, 2016. I left the other business um, uh, and uh, focused predominantly or rather 100% on citified. So um I guess building data is in my blood. It's not something that I took schooling in, but as they say, once you <laughs> once you finish uh, post secondary, you learn enough uh, about uh, overall um, uh, BS, as they say, that you can do just about anything. So that's the lesson I took away from post secondary education. I applied it that way. Let's put it that way. Now there is also a lot of stuff that. I do that is behind the scenes. So there's a consulting component. There is a, um, a land uh, risk assessment component. And I work with a variety of different organizations and clients, helping them assess the market for their specific projects, for some of their project ideas or land acquisition plans. Oh, wow. I did not have uh, any idea that you, that you went that deep, but that is very, very cool. Yeah, yeah. It's, uh, the onion's got a few more layers than you can see on the public side of the equation. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, that's what keeps me busy for sure. Awesome, man. Well, very cool. Can you, I wanted to quickly loop back on the kind of the data building aspect. Can you elaborate on that and about, I guess, you know, what you mean by that specifically? Are you, because I, I would assume, you know, that some of the stuff is, is done from pulling info from, you know, municipal uh, council meetings, but that can't be the only kind of, I'm sure I'm missing quite a bit there on the data building side. Mm -hmm, that's right. So the lifespan of a project can be years uh, in the making before it even hits the municipal planning process. So that's where the land planning and the risk assessment comes in and some of the strategy that goes into developing land. So before you formally propose something, you would obviously most of the time want to have a pretty good idea of what it is that you can eventually get support for so that you're not stabbing in the dark and wasting what can be quite substantial amounts of money proposing uh, a variety of concepts which may never be supported by the community let alone the council so 
the data that I am able to pull is a mix of the relationships that I have with clients, the relationships that I have with clients that I had worked with before, and we maintain those channels of communication because everybody wants to, they, they, they want to know whether they're going to be sticking out as the single crag um, and, uh, and bringing upon themselves a lot of headache and uh, an expense to push something through that will then enable other companies to have a much smoother pursuit um, or whether they're aligning their projects with what is generally the sense that other developers are looking to bring to the market. So it's a combination of uh, push and pull sometimes and uh, the sources of data are certainly one of the big um, industry secrets and uh, for lack of a better term that plays a, a role in what I do for sure. Awesome. Yeah, no, I, I, I can only imagine. And even you're talking about the risk assessment side, I saw um, in the news, there's some sort of that nimbyism density opposition mm -hmm. happening in, in greater Victoria. Is that kind of something that you're looking to mitigate up front as, as, as you do your project planning? That's a part of it. Now, the, the good news is that when I first started in this industry, which was close to 20 years now, uh, the sentiment towards development was very different than it is today. I think we've rounded that corner. We understand that we need to densify. We understand that we need to provide sufficient volumes of housing across the whole housing spectrum. So the attitude towards construction and development has changed. And with that change have come other pressures, including cost pressures and competition pressures that need to be addressed by clients that are even clients who are already well-versed in the local industry. But a lot of the companies that I work with are first timers or they're just getting exposed to the Victoria market and they may not understand which neighborhoods traditionally have uh, a more developed plan with regards to future real estate endeavors, whereas some neighborhoods might have something that is far less intense in terms of their expectations of the development industry. So knowing what you're getting yourself into helps and being exposed to the development uh, planning process across the whole region has certainly helped me just, just guide people in, in a way where if they purchase a piece of land in this part of town, it may take them two to three years to arrive at a consensus before they can even apply their proposal formally. Whereas uh, in another part of town, it could be a six month planning process and they're gonna have a much much more simpler time uh, taking their investment forward. That's great. I, I can imagine you're saving people in the hundreds of thousands, if not millions of dollars with some of that information. Um, yeah, I yeah. It, I mean, certainly, yeah. I mean, some of these, um, uh, some of these projects are, are are getting up there in terms of budgets for sure. Yeah, yeah, no, that's great, man. It's it's cool just to kind of get that that background because I kind of I've noticed it. If I brand, I know that it's very trustworthy. We guys we have your um, regular uh, column in our in, within our publication, and it's it's yes, a, ton of, right. a, a ton of value that you guys provide. Well, thank um, you. And so just that 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 value added service is great to learn about. Um, on the entrepreneurial side, can you talk about kind of how you decided to become an entrepreneur? You mentioned transitioning and certified started in 2015, but can mm -hmm. you just talk mm -hmm. about kind of, it's, it's not, you know, not everybody makes that decision, right? Yeah, that's, that's right. I come from a family that was um, involved in the small business industry. So I cut my teeth or 
or whatever the correct term is, at a fairly young age. And um, I developed the the sense of what it takes to run a business and, um, and uh, also to understand the struggles of running a business. And what's, once that gets into your blood, it's, it's more challenging, I find, to conform to a rigorous business lifestyle or even a business environment where you're not necessarily the one that is not only calling the shots, but also responsible for your own mistakes and responsible for uh, the wrong decisions that you make. And once, once that gets into your blood, once you're aware of the, the, the big world available to you, but also the, the giant abyss that you can, <laughs> that you could find yourself falling down, it, uh, it's hard to let that go. And when I was in university, I, I kept, I kept just wishing for it to end so that I could get into, get into the things that brought me satisfaction. And uh, I was interested in, and even though my education is, uh, in the medical world, the, um, my passion was, real estate construction, development, planning, zoning, all, all that kind of stuff. Now, that's not something that everybody would find uh, interesting or, or perhaps attractive, but it was certainly interesting to me in that uh, as a child, I would often think, okay, so I'm working with my mom, for example, on, on her business and, and, and doing this, but how do these guys do it? These guys and gals that run these larger enterprises, but they're still family-run enterprises. And it really got me interested in how the bigger picture worked. And the biggest picture of them all was large real estate development. So that's how it came to be. Um, and uh, even though I'm not that old, sometimes I, I forget the steps that it took to get to where I am. So um if I'm uh, if, if I'm not making any sense, please stop me. But, no, no. Um, no, you're all good, man. It's a all, it's a great, clear? yeah, yeah. It's all, it's great context, and it's okay. not it, it's not odd at all. I have a, a friend of mine who is just finishing up at UBC, and they've got a couple of specific programs like that that are all about zoning. And he's like similar to you, just a different region, but really is, is focused that right? on, really focused on on the back end of how to put together a real estate deal, and even if you want to call it the social license of doing that these days. Um, mm -hmm. So that's, mm -hmm. that's great. Can something I wanted to ask you about too. I mean, we know that BC's real estate market is crazy. Victoria is, is maybe crazier than some. Have you kind of, you talked a minute or two ago, about kind of extrapolating or working back from these major real estate projects. Have you done that with the Victoria real estate market at all about kind of where does this end? Like, is there, is it a bubble that pops? Is, do we run out of room? You know, kind of what, uh, you know, or just really creative type of development. Have you kind of thought about the, what the end result is or what, you know, what the future of kind of Victoria real estate looks like? As in the end game is, yes. is that, is that your question? Right. Yeah. So that's a, that's a very good question because, uh, well, let, let me put it this way. That question in one way or another has been asked 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 15 years ago. And I keep hearing that same question. And eventually you have to wonder, okay, so we've been down this road before and how many more times will we go down this road? Well, it turns out when you talk to the guys and gals that have been around for generations, they have also heard that same question back when they were in the industry 30, 40, 50 years ago. And one gentleman made a just a, a point. And he said to me, Mike, 
let's play this game for a minute. Where in the world would you rather live? North hemisphere or South hemisphere? So, well, North hemisphere, okay. Where in the North hemisphere would you rather live? In the, in the West, uh, in terms of North America, Asia or Europe? Well, me be personally, I, I'll choose North America. I says, okay, now you're in North America. Would you prefer to live in the Northern part of North America or the Southern part of North America? Well, the Northern part. Okay, so let's say Canada. Where in Canada would you prefer to live in the east or the west? Well, the west. Okay, so what west? The 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 east west or the west west? Well, the west west because it's nice. Okay, now where on the west west? North or south? Uh, south. Okay, so now we're down to British Columbia. North or south British Columbia? Well, south. You get the point. And eventually, you end up in southwest British Columbia, and eventually, <laughs> you end up in southern Vancouver Island, and when he explained that that mentality has been driving the capital uh, towards Vancouver Island for many years, it finally clicked and you realize that you're part of something much bigger and something will continue for a very long time into the future. And we like to think of our communities as being defined by what they currently are. But the reality is that once you get beyond Souk, once you get into the hills uh, beyond the developed part of Greater Victoria, you realize that what we live in as the city is just a tiny fraction of what the capital region is. And when you recognize that we have only just begun to chip away on the Route 14 corridor between Langford and Port Renfrew, you start to think, okay, we've got room in all sincerity for many, many more people than currently live on Southern Vancouver Island. And where are they going to go if they come here? Well, they're going to go along that corridor. And talking to professionals in the industry and understanding what stability means to them, you come to realize that putting money into a market like Victoria's, which is driven by predominantly by the retirement money coming here, it's driven by the wealthier uh, income earners coming here, whether it's to live here full time or part time you do recognize that there is a draw to the South Island that is able to sustain the ups and downs of markets, which other locales aren't. So right now, for example, I have never seen so much Alberta capital coming to Vancouver Island. They've had a pretty rough go over the last several years. COVID has made things more difficult. And the, the big oil money is looking for opportunities to invest its money. And it's looking for stable markets. And we are that stable market. And where things go from here, over the, 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 the near term, it's always difficult to predict. But over the medium term, I mean, we're just on such a trajectory for growth that I think this region hasn't seen anything yet, looking, looking medium term, long term. Wow. That's such a cool perspective. And I really like that glass half full approach too, about looking mm. at other areas. The other thing that we have heard is Americans coming up um, mm -hmm. to, uh, but Alberta, I haven't thought about that as much, but certainly um, people from the United States are straight up moving, not even just buying a place, but just immigrating. Just moving um, north. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, awesome. Well, that is very cool. That's just, it's a, yeah, a really kind of refreshing outlook because I think sometimes, well, I wouldn't say sometimes quite often there's a, always a negative spin with a lot of real estate stuff. And I just really appreciate, um, mm -hmm. the optimism, optimism there. 
in the in the short term, what are you seeing kind of in Greater Victoria? Sure. And funny enough that you should mention this because just today uh, we ran a piece on a $32 million property at what is known as Collwood Corners. So to Victorians, they'll be familiar with that area. But that's generally the Old Island Highway slash Goldstream Avenue precinct, which is where Ani is doing their development. So this $32 million lot is only four acres and it's a suburban location. It just gives you an idea, seven and a half million dollars per acre, raw undeveloped land in a suburban emerging area. That, 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 that type of money speaks to the level of interest and the level of investment that companies from across the country, including uh, America, are uh, looking to invest in this region. And wow. um, it, it, it baffles the mind at, in terms of how much capital is coming here, but it's coming here because we have, first of all, a very stable economic environment. And that is because we are the epicenter of government in British Columbia. And Vancouver, obviously, is a world-class city, which itself uh, is able to generate billions of dollars of real estate investment on an annual basis. And you've got currently organizations throughout North America and even beyond that have money sitting in banks, which are which is earning no interest. In fact, they lose money when it just sits and not uh, and isn't able to create capital. So where are they looking? They are looking for markets where there is stability to invest significant sums of dollars. And given Victoria's traditional stability economically, even during these COVID times, they are zeroing in on Southern Vancouver Island, knowing that uh, based on that example that we talked about, when you when you carve up the world and you end up in this, this our part of the world, uh, knowing that they feel relatively safe that their money will be here um, and continue to appreciate over the medium and long term, even if short term uh, variability could impact uh, uh, short term uh, uh, profits. Wow. Yeah, that's that's I did not I missed that post, but that's crazy that $32 million for that amount of land. Yeah, it's, it is exciting. And like, it's just great to, to get a different kind of perspective on that. Um, yeah, and there, but there are challenges, right? Like one of the big challenges right now is obviously because so many people that are relatively uh, stable financially are able to move to Greater Victoria and purchase housing uh, after selling it wherever they they may have uh, held housing before, or liquidating all their assets wherever they may come from, and then reinvesting them locally. It has posed challenges for the local population, obviously. One of the big things is that when you have newcomers arriving, their home sales are not added to the sales uh, or the purchasing opportunities locally. So they are just consuming the limited inventory that we already have. So the affordable housing industry that is now starting to pick up where the lack of government investment dropped off uh, 20 odd years ago, uh, if not 30 years ago, if not 40 years ago, that actually I should say, that industry is helping mitigate the rise in real estate values and the costs of providing housing. But, um, but one of the things that I always encourage people to do is even though you may not recognize or believe that you'll ever own a home, the most important thing you can do is to speak to an advisor, go to a mortgage broker or your bank and find out what it would actually take for you to qualify and what you qualify for. And I guarantee you that a lot of people will be surprised at what it takes to get into the real estate market. And it's not often as much as they assumed, given the government programs that are now available for first-time buyers. There are ways to get in. So it's not... Um, 
my point about uh, money flowing in and newcomers coming into the region is not to make individuals feel like their their situation is hopeless. It, it, really, it isn't. The more investment that comes, the more opportunities are presented to us locally as well. Yeah, yeah. No, it's it's great perspective. I know that a friend of mine has been looking uh, in Victoria to buy. They're coming up from Ladysmith, mm-hmm. and just there's and it was kind of a fortuitous situation with a bunch of people moving up with kind of committing and basically built-in renters moving up but yes. it, the, the task it's a little bit daunting like they can kind of barely get in but they can and based on kind of what you're saying if you can you should because you know things aren't going to go down uh, or that you know there's going to be steady growth for, for many years to come mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's that's a that's a good perspective to uh to to take and over the medium or long term it's relatively safe one based on well based on as far as we can look back i guess yeah yeah no that's that's awesome I, it, yeah just a great perspective um i wanted to ask you about your certified brand a little bit one of the things that is seems different to me anyways outside looking at it is you've got kind of this forum on the site and kind of this, this embedded really engaged community can you kind of speak to maybe how you've been able to develop that um, or what, yeah, what's, what's enabled you to, to, to kind of create that with your brand? That's a, that's a great question, actually. No, it's, it's part of the, so it's part of the company, part of, part of Citified, Citified Media. And what Byron Victoria traditionally was when it was first established back in 2006, funny that you should bring this up actually, because Byron Victoria was the response to the nimbyism that we had at around that time and it was difficult to have projects come online it was difficult to add density across the entire south island uh, 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 development uh, realm so to speak and vibrant victoria helped bring about a little bit more balance in terms of the media and in terms of the coverage that development would have so Back then, uh, it feels like not very long ago, but I guess 15, 20 years ago, it was difficult to bring density into this into this region as a whole. And having the Vibrant Victoria Forum established brought like-minded people together, which today there are just so many different opportunities for individuals to engage with their councils. The politics have changed. There's been a very different attitude towards development. But back then, back in the early 2000s, that really wasn't around. And Vibrant Victoria has been uh, a big staple of um, bringing like-minded people together in a social media way that isn't Facebook or Twitter or, or, the, or the big organizations. And it's allowed me to also keep my finger on the pulse with a very dedicated group of people who understand the benefits of densification and proper planning, but, um, but are also from different backgrounds. So it gives me so much more value having the opinions of a variety of different people speak to the broader issues, which can then uh, greatly uh, help me with the way I, I deal with my clients as well. Yeah, no, it's it's very cool. I, I, you have there's a ton of engagement on there, which I just yeah. find, you know, you just don't. I wouldn't say that you don't see it, but you kind of expect that level, even like honestly, from like a Reddit, like a you know a highly engaged subreddit or something like that. Mm-hmm, and, exactly, and that's, and that's essentially what you have, which is just a really cool, competitive or I guess organic. Maybe that's part of your your data building process, but it's just awesome. Great to see. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, thank you. Yeah. 
Um, one of the things that I've got a, cu a couple final questions for you about, you know, your business, your brand has grown, I think tremendously great web traffic, well-respected mm -hmm. every, the who's who of the development community is kind of involved with you. Can you talk about how you've been able to be successful? Um, you know, there's a lot of, you know, blogs and, and upstarts and news platforms, but you've got stopping power amongst the community that makes really big decisions. Um, can you kind of speak to that a little better? Uh, well, uh, thank you for, for, for those kind words. That's, uh, that's, that's, um, <laughs> I'm not, <laughs> I sometimes it's hard to step back and, 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 uh, objectively look at yourself from a third person. Um, so I really do appreciate those kind words. Um, uh, yeah, you know, it's, th this business is fundamentally, it's built on trust and there are large sums of money at stake people have a variety of different needs but in order to get out of someone like a consultant that does what i do they also have to be upfront and honest and a big part of what i do and the relationships that i've been able to build was to understand how we can all in this industry work together to ensure that all the dominoes remain standing while doing so that is conscious of everybody's needs for privacy and data security and competitive advantages. So in, in that sense, um, I have elected to, to play a role that balances some of the hard-hitting news interests that a news organization would have and the pursuit of headlines with the understanding that the information which I may have access to is definitely a headline maker and will turn some heads, but it needs to be handled very gently and very carefully because of the dollars at stake. And my, my hope is that the way I have approached that equation, the clients that I work with have, have, um, have grown to uh, 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 perhaps, if it's not the right wording, but appreciate that that level of sensitivity. So if I was to say what is one of the, the big drivers of my successes is perhaps being able to balance um, those interests the way that I have been able to while providing information to the public, which they eventually uh, need to be able to speak to and be presented, uh, have the information presented to, uh, but also uh, keeping in mind that uh, all these organizations, they, uh, they are in competition with each other and ultimately, each one of those businesses has to make money and, uh, and not trip over each other. As I like to say, we're, we're all just a part of a, a really big domino set. And if one or two of us fall, that could cause many others to fall as well. So we're, we're literally, not to steal the phrase, but we are literally in this industry, uh, all, in, uh, all, all in this together. And I, and I, and I mean that uh, with sincerity, for sure. Yeah, no, that's great. It, it makes a lot of sense. And it is, I guess, coming from the other other direction, it is cool to hear that, hear that perspective. Mm -hmm. um, one last two for you, best piece of personal advice that you've received it could be kind of personal or professional, something that's really stuck with you. After a mm -hmm. I'll have to uh, uh, quote uh, uh, another friend again, and uh, say that all of this is ultimately just a game and we can't take ourselves too seriously. 
because it's, uh, it's, it's just not worth it. At the end, if we remain helpful, if we remain um, uh, true to our word with the people we work with, with the, um, the task that we are given, then failure is not an option. And if you are able to become a important part of somebody else's success, they will ensure that you remain successful, whether you want to or not. And fundamentally, our characters precede us. And if someone's word is able to convey uh, strength and dependability and, uh, and uh, respect and the output that they provide can back that up, then you are guaranteed to be successful. Now, of course, setting your sights on success that is too far out of reach will make you feel like you're a failure. So incrementally checking up on yourself and understanding that money isn't always everything or high dollars doesn't necessarily equate with success, uh, that will certainly help keep you uh, keep your head down and and hunkering, um, hunkering down to do the work that needs to be done without being too hard on yourself. And uh, circling back to all of this being a game, fundamentally it is. So if you're not having fun playing the game, you, you should probably find something else to do. Otherwise, it's just going to be a drag and, and you're going to spend your time being miserable. And that will come through in, in the work that you do and the relationships that you have with people. Yeah. No, I love that. I love that. It's the game focus. When I was going through school, that's kind of how I thought yeah. about university. I was like, okay, this is a game. <laughs> and there was this clear scorecard about, you know, every three months and what, you know, anyways, that's I love right. that. That's um, right. Very last question for you, your favorite restaurant in Greater Victoria or Capital Region. You know, the funny thing is, is, is that at, um, I used to live downtown. I grew up in Vic West, which is really close to downtown. And then I lived downtown and um, I developed personal relationships with a lot of restaurant owners and managers. Uh, some of these places are still here. Some of these places are no longer here. But um, as a whole, as a whole, I think if I were to choose I would have to choose a place that unfortunately is not here anymore. And it is called Benito or was called Benito. And it was at the Rialto hotel. And uh, it, the business now I believe is called the palms. I'm not entirely sure, but that was a cocktail bar, which is where I learned what a cocktail was. And I learned to appreciate that there are more complex things with regards to alcoholic beverages than beer and wine <laughs> and i had a, a lot of wonderful times at this place at the rialto hotel it was a place i fondly remember and um when i am in the downtown core um, i do try to visit uh, the rialto hotel for uh for those memories that uh that i used to have back in the day and the shenanigans that i had as a relatively young mike and uh free of free of life's uh, more demanding pressures as a young guy in his 20s and so forth. But, uh, but yeah, you, uh, now you got me thinking again. You threw me for a loop there. Congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's all good, man. I, I just, I, I do love to kind of hear where everyone has, you know, because everyone has those personal connections. Like our, the reason I ask partially is, you know, I ask it in all of our, the interviews now, but growing up, that was kind of like how our family yeah. 
built relationship. You'd have people over to eat. You'd go out, you know, I connected with my parents one-on-one. And so I would have this association with food and community and family and relationship. And so I just love to kind of figure out or to ask anyways, you know, where do people have, where does that emotional connection for people? So. Oh, um, for sure. Yeah. Food, food and good drink that, uh, that does it for, for a lot of us. Hey, in terms of uh, yeah. the places we look back as, uh, as, as positive positive places and good memories. Is there anything that you wanted to cover that I didn't ask you? Yes. And I can speak to that now. Sure. Uh, something that I, I learned from my own uh, time in this industry is the making the big choices and transitioning into uh, life's uh, bigger um, financial commitments, such as owning a home and such can, really feel out of reach, especially when you're in your 20s or you're in your early 30s. And that that first home or that first investment that you have feels so far away. But the important thing to keep in mind is that if you don't build towards it, you'll never get there. And most of us, in fact, the vast majority of us have been in the same place that a lot of our younger people find themselves in today and those same feelings of uh, perhaps hopelessness or, or, or pressure, um, uh, feeling like you're never able to catch up to what you believe you should be in terms of your finances or your assets. We've all been there. We've all started there. The saying that things were easier way back when or generations back is true looking back, but at the time it wasn't. And when you speak to people who have achieved the things that you would like to achieve, their stories you will most often find have been just as tumultuous and full of uh, uh, ups and downs as our own stories. So I advise all young people that wish to own a home or own a specific asset or achieve something something larger and bigger than than where they happen to be right now is to take those first steps, learn what it takes to get there, set up a plan, as cliche as that sounds, and step by step, foot by foot, you will get there. You just need to want it and everything else will fall into place. Nine times out of 10. <laughs> the rest, the, the last 10% is just, is just dumb luck. And that last 10% might actually propel you way beyond where you thought you were going to be so it's not always about the pitfalls but sometimes the the hidden opportunities for amazing success that just grabs us by the hair and and takes us along for the ride thanks for stopping by from the trenches the business examiner podcast if you want to learn more about the interviewee please check the web and social links provided in the video or listening platform description Please send any feedback to info at businessexaminer.ca with the subject line podcast. We'll see you next week.